Unsee the future. The Hopi Chatty Bits. Welcome to Unsee the Future, the Hopi Chatty Bits, the podcast in which I, Timo Peach, meet artists, solar punks, and changemakers reimagining the stories we think we're in. And we've come to the end of our first series. Uh, what a ride. What have I learned from it so far? Well, I'm going to cogitate that and try and piece something together. What amazing guests I've had already. Each of them giving me, I feel, a different fragment on the idea of storytelling in a time of crisis and how we reimagine that narrative we feel trapped in and don't even think about. Feels very much like a beginning to me. How's it been for you? Have you got some nuggets and some interesting points out of it for yourself? Let me know. Get in touch. But today, as a last episode, I've got uh, a guest that's particularly special to me and I always had in mind to wrap things up with... uh, because uh, she's a very dear art mate of mine, full disclosure. So who is my guest in episode 10? My guest today is a visionary artist, writer and mentor of sacred women's wisdom. A performer, illustrator and storyteller, she sees her life and art as a passionate process of creating and recreating, surrendering to the cycles of life. First visual artist in residence of Lighthouse Pool Centre for the Arts in Dorset, much of her work has been site-specific and collaborative, using outside and inside spaces to bring people together, exploring inner landscapes of meaning. All of it, she says, an invitation for people to explore deeper truths of themselves. She says, when we connect into our innate source of inspiration, we tune into the universe. It is, she adds, a web of infinite expression. She sees the role of the artist not simply as testifier or interpreter, but in many ways as priestess, even alchemist, facilitating women especially to access their own innate creative intelligence and confidence. My deepest desire is for the expression I share to spark inspiration in you, she says. Your story matters. Your life is your own masterpiece. Now, a key work she's been exploring for over 10 years is a narrative interpreting a deeply personal journey, the monochronium. And it is this project that brought us together, a collaboration that is celebrating 10 years of co-creation, playful production, storytelling experimentation and brazenly celebrating each other's unadulterated genius. She is my dear art mate, the one and only Hazel Evans. Hazel Evans, here we are. Hello. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Unsee the Future, the Hopi Chatty Bits. Mm. It's about time. Yeah, well, it is about time, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, Thank you for having me. Well, it's so indeed. brilliant to be here with you. You are the perfect guest for me for the last episode of this first series, looking at storytelling, because of the nature mm. of your work and how you tell stories and the, and the sort of themes that you explore. We'll get to that. Yeah. We are here in the Sherling studio in Lighthouse Pool. There's some memories in this building, aren't there? There are very, very many memories of this building and in the various different avenues and theatres and parts of it. So it's it's incredible to be back here today, actually, after such a long um, journey in this last 10 years. Yes. 
And we'll get to some of that as well. I would say it's been a lovely warm welcome from Els Elspeth and everybody here. As soon as I said Hazel Evans, they went, red carpet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's been lovely to have a warm welcome, yeah. Now, I normally ask my guests where in the world you are. We are in Poole, but how else would you answer that question? Where in the world are you, Hazel? Where in the world am I? Well, you know, I could be anywhere. <laughs> but um, right now, I'm in a big place of change in my life, coming back into, uh, yeah, recreating lots of different things in my life on many different levels. And that's why it's great to be back here with you. It is great to be back. Starting at the beginning, I would say the very first question is, everybody thinks of you as an artist. You'll use that word a lot. There are many different ways of describing the kinds of work you've done and the practices that you pull together. What does the word art or artist even mean to you? Mm, good question. This really, to me, is um, being a creator. Because art can, obviously we can think, oh, it's painting or it's sculpture or it's performance or it's singing. We can put it to a method. But art to me really is about creation and it is about channeling that which is inside and bringing it outside into expression. Mm. And it doesn't matter what expression that is. And that to me is art. Ooh, that was nice and succinct. I'd have waffled for a long time there. But I think of one particular art practice with you. I think of a few key practices of art that help us think creatively, but a, but a key one I think of with you is embodiment. That you put your face, your voice, your physicality into the marks and the words that you create. Did, does that ring true for you? And if so, what's, what's the importance of embodiment in your work? Why are you so present, obviously, in what you do? Well, I think um, I have always... Um got my art and my creation and my themes from within. So that is a natural sense of embodiment and traveling through experiences and um, feelings and emotions and bringing that out. So embodiment is absolutely important to me. And as I've been developing my art journey, it's not just about a process of discovering what's on the outside world, but it's been a simultaneous process of discovering how that outside world affects the inside world. Mm -hmm. And it's like this symbiotic synergy between working with the outside world, the, the expression, but also what I receive from the outside world and experience, letting that come in and then going back out towards expression. Mm -hmm. So it's this symbiotic um, pulsation of <laughs> movement yeah. that is embodiment. So it's not, so the art becomes um, an extension of myself, I suppose. And that's where storytelling and sound and pictures, and it could be any expression, um, is fundamentally important to me because it needs to come out. Yeah. <laughs> it just needs to come out. Well, it does need to come out, and that shows that you are as much a performer naturally as anything else. So it's, I guess, it's a natural part of who we are as artists, whether we are what I'd call creative chameleons or... What's the, I don't know what the alternative word is, actually, all these years of talking about it, but some of us are just can't help but be obvious in our marks. I'm especially that way. I had to turn up, whether it's music, whether it's design or, or speaking, my voice is always very clear. It's just the way I had to do it. You're a little bit more of a chameleon, but we've always related in that way, haven't we? We both have to turn up and be 
quite obvious in it mm -hmm. and that's fine too yeah and I think the, the core thread is the storytelling mm. and when we go back deeper into um, yeah our innate wisdom and who we were like many eons and generations ago how important messages were given to each other is through storytelling yeah. and that in itself is an art and there's also the art of storytelling depending on you know how well you can get the message across so everything is storytelling and I suppose that is the that's the one thread and there is something quite primal about that um, cl clunky word but beginnings um, centuries before history that exactly what you're saying we'd have communicated in very physical ways with the landscape some of your work's been very physical in the outside I'm thinking of a piece like um, Woodland Springs mm -hmm. uh, where you got me dangling microphones down wells you were climbing trees uh, wonderful exterior experiences very to do with landscape and something ancient about your work but the reason I wanted to talk to you one of the one of the key themes is because when I think of your storytelling, it's about inner landscapes, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is that is absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and you laugh because it really is you you embody what it means as an artist to put it all out there. Mm. Uh, a quote, a quote. You won't know what from yet, but we're going to reveal it. it. That I found quite powerful is. What would you say if I told you this whole story was true? Mm, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to that. But that's it, isn't it? You, it? This is coming from something real within, but a story of an inner landscape, a lot of your work. Um, I think pretty much all of my work <laughs> is like that because um, I have to do what's true. I have to do what is fundamentally connected to truth. And that means to the heart. And that means the purity of expression. And I can't... I can't do it any other way because otherwise I know I'm just faking it <laughs> for yeah, yeah. whatever outside reason and somehow I can't do it like that. So um, the embodiment and the art and that melding together is, um, yeah, it, it, it's authenticity, isn't it? It's mm. being, and it's being an artist in your life. It's your life being the art as well. And it's like walking back in here 10 years later and I'm like, wow, it's some incredible time loop where I'm coming back again and we're revisiting the work, which we'll probably talk about later as well. And it's, it's also, I had to sit down for a moment and realise, wow, you know, this place has supported me incredibly and the work that came out of it was actually um, a purge from a, um, a traumatic life situation mm -hmm. in the first time and they... They supported me here in that development of that work and all of that work and the music and the collaborations and the installations and everything that came out of it was part of that purging of understanding what is happening inside. Mm -hmm. And when we allow the creative energy just to flow through and to connect to our emotions without thinking, oh, I need to make this picture look nice, I need to make this sound right, <laughs> like just letting it purge out, this is the creative process that I was facilitated in being here and this is why it so touches me so greatly to come back here again um, and so that is that is being the art embodying the art 
um, honoring the experiences that we've been through in life mm. and letting them come from the inside out, letting them birth through us from the inside out, rather than thinking, oh, okay, I need to do a, a piece about um, a difficult situation and then try to do it. But it's like, <gasps> breathing it out, letting it come out. And I guess that's, that's how I work. It sounds exhausting. <laughs> putting, putting all of your, you know, connecting outside and in and pouring it out. Uh, it sounds cathartic, but it also sounds rich and passionate. That's, that's exactly it, yeah. It's rich and it's passionate, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things, that, one of the passions and the richness that came from it um, was not only how do I share it as art, but how do I then translate that and further that into experience for other people to then um, be um, ignited into their own process of mm. recreation. And that's, that's where that other part of my work comes in, you know, the work that I, the more uh, shamanic work, the more, um, I suppose, teaching others how to embody through um, through art and through um, life experiences and how we read our life um, and how we can translate that and use that into the recreation of ourselves. So I guess that's the other part that I do. It's like I don't just make the art, but it's like I invite you into an experience where you can get to experience yourself even greater. Mm. That seems really fundamental to you and your work, mm. the, the different expressions of it, whether it's performance at a bit of a distance, whether it's writing quite intimate in someone's mind, or whether it's you actually leading ceremony and other things. It's about passing on the knowledge and mm. using creation, forces of creation to empower other people. It does sound that way. Exactly. That's important to you, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's really important because well, if I'm to get a little bit deeper and a bit personal, let's do that. Let's go. <coughs> let's go there. <laughs> Just dive in. So when I had my second exhibition here and um, one of the installations was the paper forest, a forest made out of paper, um, and I was walking through just before about 150 people were going to arrive for the, uh, for the opening evening, and I found myself alone in the gallery walking through this installation and I looked round on the walls and I realised, wow, my soul is on the walls here. And I'd been in such a force of creation and such a keep moving, keep moving, keep moving through it. And about 10 different collaborations with different artists, you know, you being one of them. And, and then I suddenly found myself there. And yet it was only a few years earlier that because of having come out of um, a really strong, abusive relationship, I was not even able to get out of the house or speak to anybody. And mm. there, all of a sudden, I found like all of my soul on the walls oh, and okay about to then. welcome, you know, like 150 people and in about 10 minutes. And I was like, oh my God, I hope nobody notices. <laughs> <laughs> I hope nobody notices yeah. my soul plastered on the wall. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit late then yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. But it was at that moment when I realised, wow, if I can make that transition from not being able to speak to anybody or be in front of anybody to all of a sudden this much expression, there, there's something here that, will, mm. that goes beyond my art, which goes into service, I suppose. Service of how else can it be an experience? 
experience or inspiration for others to know that they can also do that. They can turn their life experience around and they can, they can come out of themselves again and come into expression. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be an artist, you know, no. that's just like my way of doing it. But it means that I realise, wow, the force of recreation that we have within ourselves, that, that, that can come out through storytelling or art or expression or just how we dress or anything. And that is what got me curious which is kind of the journey that I've been on this last 10 years. Mm. How, do, how, can I, how can I help facilitate that creation and recreation, inspiration in others? And part of my alchemy is, yeah, being an artist as well. Mm. Everything is creation, right? And so mm -hmm. you, are, you have a sort of... Um, a shamanic role in in life in general in lots of ways to kind of notice the signs and the symbols and, and help people notice things that line up but also then express those things for people like waypoints and journeys and I can't help thinking coming to perhaps your biggest piece of work it's been a theme throughout your life it's what brought us together and to get there I think it's worth saying that you and I have obviously obviously uh, rather dear mates, we are celebrating 10 years of working together. <laughs> We've done loads. Yeah. We've dragged each other into all kinds of different yeah. capers over the years. Yeah, well, you know, when you have an idea and you phone me up and you say, can you do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. What does it involve? Don't need to know right now. Let's just do it. <laughs> and then I do the same for you. And, and you're like, you do exactly the yeah. same to me and it's yeah. weirdly worked. So 10 yeah. years, man. Yeah. But what started it was, I can think of so many projects I've loved working on with you. Um, and with Michelle O'Brien as well, who was part of um, uh, Valley's Noir Storytelling Theatre. You mm -hmm. did a lot of work with her for years. You kind of invited me in to do lots of sound design and other things, even bits of performance. Beautiful things like Cargo, wonderful things like The Girl in the Shoes. Uh, so many pieces. But the theme through the middle that brought us together, what's the name of that ongoing project? Mm, the Monochronium. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, this is really turning into my life work. <laughs> it is. It is, though. Yeah. So you'd yeah. already done one exhibition of it in 2011 before we met properly, and then you were looking at a new iteration of it in 2012, and that's when we, you approached me and we mm -hmm. started thinking around some ideas. And you Tell you it how me. it is. <laughs> Tell it like it is. I was like, hmm, I've written lots of poetry. Maybe it'd be nice for somebody to put some headphones on and listen to it whilst they're walking around the gallery. So it came across you, music artist, said, oh, can I lay down my poetry? And six weeks later, we had an album of music and songs and sonic landscapes. And I think it was probably one of the most incredible times of... I don't know. It's just like exploded creation. Um, it, it was with something you. special. Been, yeah. It was From something where I can still picture us being over at Circo Lounge in Westbourne. You go, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get my voice on things exactly as you say. Well, yeah, that, well, that sounds fun. We could do that. Yeah, Smash Gut six weeks later, we produced, where is it? Adventures into the Monochronium. Uh, tell me about this. It's a, I mean, Every album, should, every album should be a concept. You're not doing it. You're not putting the work in. <laughs> but this is definitely a concept album in a mm. way. What is this? 
Well, it, it is indeed a concept album. It's um, like I was saying earlier, each track is a representation of part of the inner workings of, yeah. of my soul. <laughs> and it's, um, this was the album soundscape of the exhibition. So as people journeyed around the exhibition, they heard these different songs and these different pieces that went with the different ex um, installations that were there. So this is a really, it's an experience album. It is an experience album. Mm. And you brought together a number of different, it was a real collaboration as well, because you had this central theme that I always felt you were exploring kind of impressionistically, but with your customary definiteness, which I've always found very comforting to work with, that you know what you need. And you have a very polite but definite way of saying, don't think that's right, this could be right which is great, make decisions fast, there's no kind of, no, but it must be this. You know what you want. And I found that very interesting to observe you as an artist, be this combination of embodiment, expressing things, tapping into unseen levels of creation with the normal frequency of the eye, living in it and interpreting, being a priestess between things, emotional inner landscapes, and just rolling your sleeves up and nailing things together. <laughs> And, and dragging cardboard boxes out and going, right, well, this will do for this, making decisions on the moment. You're a great combination of production head and listening in. That's not a question. It's a great observation. How do you feel about that observation, though? Mm, you're absolutely spot on. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. It's impressive and easy to work with mm, because you're open, you. too, to collaboration. So when I... There's a lot of me in this. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, of all my work with Momo Tempo, there are pieces in here that are amongst my favourite ever. And working with you was this absolute joy not to fawn over each other too much. We're not going to fawn over each other too much. <laughs> but this does also give away our working methodology a little bit, doesn't it? Where we spend probably two-thirds of any time together telling each other how great we are mm -hmm. and how great the idea is. And then we smash out something brilliant at the last minute over the last couple of But it's two. all about feeling good, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> that's when the best thought. work comes out. It is, but how do you feel about that difference between play and production? I think it's absolutely fundamental. Absolutely fundamental. And, and it's like this, um, we need to tap down right into the depths, you know, where we can feel the despair and all of the whatever it is that, lower vibrational things that we experience but when we come into creation it's like we need to stretch up out and reach the higher vibrations mm. so that when we're creating we're like pulling down into these experiences which some of them are spoken about or sung about in yeah. this album you know deeper things but that we come into a place of of joy and elation and that means connecting in with, like I was saying earlier, means connecting in with the heart so that these things can be um, expressed and then it's transmuted into joy. So, yeah, cathartic and healing process, you know. And this is also what the, uh, is so amazing about collaborating with um, yourself for this and other artists in this particular um, yeah, life story of life mine story. that's turned into like this, um, yeah, my, my, uh, my life work of art. It's so important that um, when we collaborate, we become synergetic. So 
although I'm guiding and leading and orchestrating, that you know people come in and they get the best out of themselves as well. So like we all rise up together, everybody where they need to be, and we we come into some other form of magnificent creation. That's mm. kind of like that's the that's the process in which I work from and the ethos I suppose within myself. Yeah, and again you embody that from top to bottom. That you know that there is no even a flick of a switch between knowing what you're channeling and the emotional truth of the storytelling you're tapping into with um, making decisions on the night and, and thinking very like a, a brand... You have a brandonator, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Push this yeah. through the brandonator. Yeah. Uh, you're very good at making finished things. Mm -hmm. Again, I relate to that. And how to help people have a finished theatrical... Really aware... You're very aware of theatre in what you do, finishing things, creating experiences, entrances, highs, lows, finishes. Um, well, it's about connection. That right. It's that final, you know, plug, connection point, Chung! and then the spark goes off. That's, that's what, yeah, needs to happen. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, adventures, as we've said, is a, it's a, or the monochronium generally, is something that's moved, moved through your life and with you. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great example of a work of art and how to develop it. Because you've had these high points of events. When the paper forest was hanging up in the gallery here, it was magical. Mm -hmm. And you devised it so simply, but it was wonderful. And moving around and seeing these expressions. But at this stage, I would say, even being right inside it, it felt quite impressionistic. I think what a lot of people felt was there's a definite story going on in here couldn't tell you exactly what it is, and that's fine. But there is a very definite narrative happening mm. here, isn't it? Are you able to say loosely what an introduction to the, the narrative behind the monochronium is? Um, essentially, it's the hero's journey. I mean, if you were to make it really short, it is, it is the hero's journey. Um, but it's, it's really about that returning to authenticity, returning to that innate wisdom within yourself it's not just about having a journey and having oh I've changed now and it's different it's actually an invitation to go even deeper into that like mm. really where is where are my ancestral roots where is my ancient heritage where is and where is that alive within me today that then I can bring that out into my expression of everyday life, you know, the reconnection with nature, the reconnection with feelings, the reconnection, yeah, I use the word again, innate, mm. our innate wisdom. We've lost touch with this so much. And yeah. this is essentially the one of the, yeah, the, one of the most important things yeah. in all of my work is tapping back into our innate intelligence so that that becomes the guidance for how we create our lives. I think it's worth a, sort of having a, a, a sense that the monochronium is a... It's a black-and-white landscape, isn't it? Which seems like a stage set for many things. Mm. Can you describe a bit more? Yeah, so I think... Um, I didn't realise when I was making this that all of my work was going to be black-and-white. And so... Everything that I was making at that time for half a year was all, all I could do was pen on paper. So everything became black and white. So when they invited me to do an exhibition and it was like, okay, what is this? This is monochrome. I, have I got any color coming in? No, I can't 
literally can't do colour at the moment. Mm. So this, when I reflect it back to my inner landscape, was like I was working through a real um, uh, duality of life. Like either it's this or it's this. Either it's dark or it's light. And and this is also what I've deepened over the last ten years. But um, so I was just working with what was showing itself through me. And part of that was all I could do was black pen on white paper and that was it. So that was how the whole exhibition was created. But then there was this thing in me about time, like how much time do we lose? For example, you know, mm. I said I came out of an abusive uh, relationship. How much time do we lose away from ourselves? And then the time that it takes to do that hero's journey to come back to finding yourself. So there was this um, synergy between playing with time and the loss of time or regaining time and this black and white world. And that's where I was like, oh, OK, this is where the title comes in, the monochronium, because it's monochronic and it's monochrome. Mm. And it's kind of like, and I created this emporium. It's like this world of, you know, all of the black and white and the kind of illusion of time started to come alive through the storytelling. And that's mm. why it's like kind of magical landscapes and revisiting those memories, you know, within ourselves, um, which does have a kind of youthful um, spin on it sometimes, yeah. and which some of these tracks um, do have that because we are all of it. Yeah. We are, we have, we might be an adult now today, but we are, our experiences and everything we've had in life through childhood, through, or, you know, even past lifetimes, if you believe in that, it all makes who we are today. So mm. this is where this came out. Time doesn't exist, man. <laughs> and we often joke about being time lords. We're at that stage of our lives where it feels like, wait, mm. is everything just mm -hmm. moving fast? But yeah. this does jump around in time. There's a, there's a motif of clock ticking and time mm -hmm. all the way through this. Yeah. It's a really creative collection of different musical expressions. And some of them do sound very playfully young, almost like they're for children. And others are really kind of achingly expansive. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you went on to explore some of the implications of this narrative by picking out some of those tracks and turning them into whole new experiences. Mm -hmm. That's been a big part of how you developed this since 2012. What yeah. were some of those? Yeah, so um, as it became very clear that I was the art and the art was me, <laughs> and we were <laughs> synergizing together, then it was like, wow, this journey has only just begun. So then, I, yeah, I pulled out landscapes, a piece called The Ink Mountains, and then created that as a, a multi-sensual, multi-dimensional, um, experience, you know, where we actually um, created sonic landscapes in um, uh, in the Shelley Theatre actually before it got renovated, oh, so great. it was still a bit kind of run down. So we had like the broken walls and the and the the half-made stairway, and mm. we led the we dressed the audience up, and we led them through this whole building into different landscapes, and so that was really. Um, deepening the embodiment mm. of what the Ink Mountains means and that in the hero's journey is about um, how you can reflect and see yourself the dark and the light shadows of your of yourself as you're on the journey as you're on a difficult journey the mountains are not an easy place to to um, traverse are yeah. they so that's what that piece was about 
And then afterwards, I pulled out another piece, the Observationarium, which is again about looking at yourself and looking at your inner landscapes, but from a light perspective. So this was more about, this is where I took on the character of the Oracle and brought in the aspect of um, mindfulness or um, more peaceful Buddhist way of uh, thinking and approaching life. So, so that, that was that installation and invited the audience into what was like this sort of um, bubble space in a way where they could experience words of beauty and mm. comfort and joy and um, acknowledging the, the lighter, more beautiful parts of themselves to open their hearts. There was lots of people who came in there and I made them cry. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds about right. It's like, oh, okay, this is doing its job. It's opening people's hearts. And that's, that's what it's about is to take people on an experience so they get to experience themselves more, which means what? It means that we open our hearts more, not only to the art, through the art, mm. and into our lives and into ourselves. That seems very you to express that so well and to be doing that. You're trying to open people up and connect them to their own truth, where mm. so many of us just can't get through the noise to it. That's what you're trying to testify mm. to. Mm. I think you might have made a number of uh, little boys and girls cry with wonder at the way you looked dressed as the Oracle, because you looked <laughs> casually fabulous in this beautiful <laughs> costume. There's some great photos go looking. And actually, the sort of history of your work in photography is wonderfully entertaining just right there. But I was thinking about how we sat around many campfires together and yarned and done a lot of joking, eat some good food. Um, but how that sense of coming round in 10 years, uh, I know I've been thinking about how we, we're not... Life isn't about circles, it's about more like spirals. Mm -hmm. That idea that we're not going round in the universe, we're, we're spiralling through the universe, mm -hmm. breakneck speed. And so coming round 10 years later, we've come back to this project, but obviously we're not the same people. And we're both, at this precise point, we're looking back and we're looking forward. And we decided very carefully we were going to do something. So mm -hmm. we can announce something, can't we? Mm -hmm. Shall we, yeah, shall we announce it now? What is it? <laughs> what are we good. doing, Hazel? Yeah, we are, we're, we're doing um, this album 2.0. Remaking, remaking this album so that it, it's a finished piece. It's strange that it's like, oh, it's taken 10 years to perhaps think that this could be f finished, but it feels like coming to the end of a chapter so something else can be born. And what is interesting, because you think, well, why are we talking about this? It's like 10 years ago. But because it's such, um, um, you know, the art is the life, and some projects you do, and that's just it, and they're over. And then there's some projects which are like, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> it's never really <laughs> hold over. Hold on a minute. There's something there that's not finished. And I think that's the beauty of this particular project is that we, in this, um, I mean, it's almost like to the day, almost as it's like May yeah. 10 years ago yeah. where this was birthed. And so to look at it with a mature perspective, mm. perhaps, or where is it today? You know, it's not associated with the exhibition but how is it relevant today and it is relevant today because it's um it's an expression that can inspire others to look 
deeper into themselves mm -hmm. and ignite them on their own uh, hero's journey or be inspired to create themselves in a different way or look at things in a different way. So mm -hmm. we have taken some of the fun tracks out of there, well, I, <laughs> let's say. I think it's worth, but, it's worth acknowledging those who also serve because you took the decision and I... And you were, you were a bit concerned, oh, Timo, I like this. And I agreed with it. We've removed four of the tunes. So if you are an Amigo and you know this album well, you won't hear on the new album, let's sound them off. You're not going to hear Transcribbling the Ages, mm -hmm. though it is utterly delightful. Mm -hmm. And itself grew out of a street theatre piece right yep. back in the early days, didn't it? Yeah. What else we're not going to hear? Um, the wardrobe post office. The wardrobe post office. Mm -hmm. Now, this is worth a pause because the wardrobe post office is an actual big artefact. Yes, it is. It's uh, an amazing artefact. <laughs> what is it? Yeah. So as part of the exhibition, I worked with a, a student from the Arts University Bournemouth and she wanted to come in. So I mentored her. Uh, for her project, she was an architect student and we turned a wardrobe into an art studio inside the wardrobe and then that and then we realized well we we could actually make that part of the story landscape in the exhibition and we opened up the back and I was like oh okay this feels like a little bit of a kind of old-fashioned post office so then I made all these passports with the art and the poetry and the songs and everything I've still got <laughs> mine I've still got so much branded yeah. stuff from yeah. this so then a bit, the back side of the wardrobe became a post office and the front was an art studio. And I've still got it. <laughs> and it's still in your mum's carriage, I think, yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Uh, and we dragged it into a field for Colourfest. Mm -hmm. And did a whole performance of the line know, that I one know. time, just you and me, no. with the wardrobe post office. This is why you're such a star, <laughs> because it's like, um, I've got this idea, Timo. Um, we need to take the wardrobe post office into a field and perform there. Will you do that? And he's like... Yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. because too much fun. There's a flow there that I've always found in this piece and working with you. Uh, and there's, there's a resonance. And sitting with these pieces again this week, hearing them again and again, they never get old. Mm. And one of the pieces, the Observation Arium, which is one of my all-time favourite pieces of work I've been involved with, barely touching it, but adding some key new elements. And honestly, I felt like I was being ministered to, sitting, listening to you make some vocal additions to this. We've sat there in headphones, a track we've both heard a million times and it hasn't really changed and I just sat there thinking I'm tuning into something. Now it's where I'm at right now, probably, but also just that's the power of the work that you're, it's resonating, man. Mm, yeah, and I think that's because, well, in this particular time, you know, everybody, the whole world, everybody on some kind of personal level we've all been through a lot yeah we've all been through a lot of experiencing loss and change and noticing what comes up in our lives that no longer serves that creates more space for something else greater in our lives and this is the transitionary period that we're yeah. in right now so um because this is a hero's journey is take, like readjusting it so that it can get, again reach out and be of service and inspiration, and it um, it is a journey in itself. Mm. That is, uh, and the second track on here, we keep one of the joyful tracks. It is about accessing um, accessing ourselves through joy, and then allowing ourselves to go deeper, and then coming out to a greater sense of wisdom. And I suppose that's the arc mm. in which we are guided through in 
in the upgrade of our um, al album. It was tough to say goodbye to Busy Bees, I won't lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Busy, Busy Bees, but, uh, which is a wonderful thing. And it's worth saying, of course, that um, you and I, one of the many stages of development, some that came out to the public, some that didn't, that we've just come back into flow with regularly over those 10 years, was looking at this as a, a theatre experience. Mm -hmm. You've written this as an entire novel, though, haven't you? And actually, it's a series mm. of novels yeah. that this represents the first of. Yeah. So we now know many more details and I can picture all those details when I'm hearing that music that we wrote 10 years ago together mm -hmm. and it's wondrous and we'd sit around campfires in different summers and you go and then this happens and this. Mm -hmm. It's got the richness of anybody's favourite fantasy books. It's clearly figurative but the details all support it. It flows, I'll use a clunky word but it's the best word, magically. And that, I felt that before I knew the details. Now I do know so many of the details. Mm. And there's lots I don't know from what you've been developing. Uh, every time I hear this stuff, I just get more excited mm, about it. Mm -hmm. Well, this is what happened was um, when I looked at the back of that album cover after I'd made it and had another, oh, my God moment, what have I created? <laughs> I read through it and I was like, wow. And I, and I felt through each song and piece of music. And I realised that that was a whole story. So from my inner landscape, that was turned out into a story. And so in 2019, I took uh, about eight months to write my first novel. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the process of um, editing that at the moment, and I'm going to go forward to write the next phase of the novel. Um, so this is, a, this is why it's like sometimes you realise, wow, there are some pieces that remain your life your mm. work of art yeah. uh, and this really is one of them um, so yeah the novels they're work in progress at the moment um, and they're going to come out and that's exciting so it, it's it's uh, really exciting to be taking this work to another level yeah another level of accessibility and sharing essentially yes and I guess that is why we decided to do this as well it seems like a moment in time for us but also our times and holding in trust those pieces that are not being expressed in this moment in this spiral round that are still sort of connected to the story and may well the plan is that this and other things we worked on people haven't heard like the hive mm -hmm. I wish I could sing you that because it's awesome but if this does turn into a musical experience or even a film taking the richness of the text of the novel out, even if that, do, if that does happen, those things are in there, but even if they don't, in my head and heart, they exist in a very rich kind of sense of way. And I guess all you can do now is keep following the flow and hold it all lightly, mm -hmm. right? Is that mm -hmm. how you think, looking forward? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You can bank that as an answer. Uh, yeah, and that's because the creative process is um, fundamentally important to experience, and having having a goal or having a vision for it is really important. But also keeping the work alive yeah. along the way, you know, not selling it out, not um, diminishing it, not cutting it, making it small, but um, allowing the editing process to come as the creation comes mm. and holding the vision, but, but lightly, I think. 
That's what it is. And, and keep, keep moving towards that and keep making it come alive. So yeah. what is the new release called? Where can people find it? What, what is this thing we're sharing at this point in our lives and in your journey with the story? Well, when we were making this the other day, and um, the, the, the interlude pieces mm. uh, of text were coming through, I was like, wow, this is, this is a prophecy. Like, this is coming true again. And, and realizing that since the moment of making this in the, in the last 10 years, you know, I've also been through some very difficult times in the last 10 yeah. years and realized, wow, this piece of work has actually held me traverse that time and mm. those difficult times. And it's like, I wrote this and then it came true. <laughs> so it's like, but in a different way, like you were saying about, you know, we spiral round, we can never go back, but we come back round to where we were before. And from there we can regain more richness and texture from our experiences. And, and, and as we continue, get richer and greater in experience and life and love and everything that we were. Mm. And I suppose that's what this, that, that's what is happening. And so it's like, oh my goodness, this is like I've written some kind of prophecy mm. that I'm living out in everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> so My memory of it was we were sat around and I lit a cigarette and went, do you think you could bosh out a prophecy? And you went, <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem, mate, I'll get right on that. That's how I remember it happening. Right, OK. <laughs> but with that in mind, it is, of course, going to be called... The Monochronian Prophecy. Imagine. That place where only you have been. You may have tried to bring others there, but it was simply not possible. Or is it? Yes, it is. And it's going to be out uh, as an audio experience on Bandcamp, mm -hmm. the Hazel Evans Bandcamp. Yep, that's right. In a couple of weeks from when we record this, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's nearly finished as we speak, isn't it? That's, uh, yeah, it is. And that's absolutely right. And I'd say if, you've, if you do know this album, you know Hazel's work, this is a lovely reinterpretation. It's a real flow with most of the classics still on there in a way that really, yeah, it's saying something to this moment in time, but it's... Just one momo in time, mm -hmm. even though one momo in time is actually taken off. But we did perform that live at one of my gigs, and that was yeah. one of my favourite moments. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things which um, can be uh, exciting for people and intriguing for people is to realise this work, this music, came out of actual art mm. it was like it was born out of the ink that was on the page it yeah. was born out of those installations and um so it was really made from the physical from the inside it out was. and um which is perhaps a different way of working than uh traditional methods of writing songs and going into the studio like this this music was born out of pen and paper like it really, yes, <laughs> really it physically as a, an exhibition experience. It was a great, I mean, a lovely gig to get involved with my composer's hat on and to help someone else tell their story and get inside it. 
composing is like acting. It's you're taking on a role. You're trying to create, tap into emotional truth. And sometimes that's, for me as a performer like you, a little bit with this sometimes as well, this project, but definitely through the music. Great privilege to get to do this. And, uh, you know, your beautiful marks, wonderful illustrations of this world, uh, your uh, gorgeous poetry and the things you're saying, as well as your physicality, your costume, your set building, uh, and the music, they're all indivisible. It is just the monochromium, and I've loved, loved being part of it, mate. Mm, yeah, thank you. Well, I have also really loved, loved really so much working with you. It's um, incredible, and that's why, um, like I said earlier, there's these things that we come back round to. We never go back, but we come back round to these moments in time where we realise, wow, actually, part of the story is not finished yet. And so this feels like we are completing something, honouring it and saying, wow, that was part of that mm. and creating space for us to move into a new cycle. And um, I suppose that's where the, the um, you know, we're talking a bit about the shamanic lifestyle and the, the art is life and life is art. That comes back in. It's like noticing, oh, yeah, we let it go and create space. And now something else can arrive. before we go and have coffee and just spend an hour telling each other again how great we yes. are. Because That's that, is a, that is a winning way to have a, any relationship. I just If you love your friends, advice. pick them up. Just keep, <laughs> no, but this is why you're great. I would say, and I don't, uh, it's, this might make you feel awkward to receive it, but I want to testify that meeting you when you popped up gave me agency over the word art. Because I'd been, music's art for me all these years. And, and I've sort of, it's been a lodestar for my creative expression. And in my 30s, I was wrestling with what my sound really was. And that eventually, it sounds really late in life, heading through my 30s towards 40, that, that I found my sound with Momo Tempo. But it felt like the right time for me. And then you came along just as I went, ah, I'm the bloke from Momo Tempo. Here's my sound. And then you came along and said, art, of course you're an artist. Go with it. And art has become a central theme for me as an artist, and it's now become a central theme to unsee the future. We're sitting here having this conversation because I think art is what's missing from an era of crisis. And you gave me that permission by finding you as a friend at that moment, and you embody art so totally, and not in a pretentious way, just in a lighthouse way, so people literally, like a lighthouse, people can see you embodying this story and these inner landscapes, and move towards the light and find encouragement. And that has bits, you know, in that sense, this work has sewn into who I am and whatever it is I go on to do next. So, you know, thanks, mate. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> now, I, do have, I do have a last question, um, 
and it's one I ask all my friends. Can I just add a little bit to that bit before? Go on, I didn't want to get mushy. But. Is that um, it's about creation, and which is what we come back to the beginning. So art is the expression, art is what brought us together, and, and in that we create something new, and that's what we're looking at today, where we can unsee the old future and create a new future, to create a new reality, and that is the portal in which art facilitates. Amen. Well, I'm not going to ask you this last question because that's a great way to end. My question was going to be um, ancestral artefact. I would like us to share the monochronium prophecy and the monochronium. I would like to point people towards that yeah. as an ancestral artefact to help people look forward in a time requiring healing, requiring new connection to inner life. Exactly. They need to come find you in this story. <laughs> They're very welcome. Hazel Evans, mate, I love you and your work. Thank love you, you for everything. Yeah. We'll go off and have coffee, big each other up. <laughs> yeah. Hazel, thank you for being on Unsee the Future, the Hobie Chatty Bits. You are so welcome. And it's been such an incredible journey and pleasure to work with you these last 10 years. Let's open up the space to a new reality to create, huh? Let's open up the space to a new reality to create. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Unsee the future. So there we are, the delightful Hazel Evans. What an art mate she is. And I can't emphasize enough, really, how much she brought an extra piece into my work. And interestingly, that the, the, the flavors and tone of what we both do, you'd think it'd be quite different, especially because I... I tend to muck about quite irreverently. Uh, but somehow it works and we've made some lovely stuff. And I do urge you to go and find the Monochronium Prophecy. Uh, it's the uh, first time that our work from the Monochronium 10 years ago is out properly on a sort of digital download. Remastered, new, new interpretations in there. It's um, some of my favorite work. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed this first series of uh, Answer the Future, the Hopi Chatty Bits. I really urge you to go and find Hazel and her work. Hazelevans.co.uk, I think, will take you through to where she is. Loads of good stuff in there. And when you see all the images of, of just how she embodies art, <laughs> it's inspiring. And uh, she is a gosh darn star. And everybody who knows her thinks so. And I've really enjoyed working with her. How'd that sound? Was that any good? Mate, you're amazing. Good. Great. Uh, so that that was all right. We'll leave that. In. No, we can edit this out. It's fine. Just uh, yeah. slip me any other notes of. Um, Continue bossing your magnificence all fine. the way. Great. If you want to just uh, add some flavour in the background, will, we will I continue creating <laughs> until the universe expands beyond anything we've ever known before? Let yes. that be known. Let that be known. You can find all the foundational episodes of Unsee the Future's idiosyncratic style of research, exploring the big themes of our era of crisis, along with all the previous Hopi Chatty Bits at, say it with me, unseethefuture.com. There you can also find exclusive previews of the new book from my findings, UTF, How to Think Like an Artist and Change the World. Right on. Right on, right? Yeah. It's pretty much exactly what you were saying. I say I'm bang on my own brand. 
uh, nine practices of art that can help you reimagine the story you think you're in, whether you think you're arty blighter or not. And you can encourage me by becoming a Momo Amigo and joining the Unsee the Future mailers, and you can find out all about me as a music artist at momotempo.co.uk. What story do you think you are in? And are you figuring out yet how to change it? Let's encourage the more hopeful human tomorrow. Ciao for now. Ciao, amigos. Ciao, amigos. That's Italian and Spanish. Doesn't matter. You're multilingual. You can get away with that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Art. Discover more links and video and reading on the blog of this post at unseethefuture.com. And be the first to get the future in your inbox. Subscribe to the Momo Memos at unseethefuture.com forward slash amigos. Listen, read, ponder and share. Do. Unsee the Future is a Momo Tempo production. Obviously. That'd do. <laughs> that would do. I, I don't know what we've just done there, mate, but... Um... Is that good enough for you? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's...